0: Are there any guests that we've had on the show where you have questions that you wish you could have asked or? Yes. Okay, tell me. (laughs) That was a quick yes.
1: I'm Jim Hessler, and this is Path Forward, Real Conversations About Leadership. In every episode, we're having real conversations with real people about real issues, about the journey, about the challenges, about the joys. One thing leaders believe is that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the challenges, no matter how confusing or difficult things are, there's always a path forward. Leadership is a very creative process if you're doing it well. For the past 21 years, we've been teaching leadership primarily through the process of great conversations. Hello and welcome to Path Forward, Real Conversations About Leadership. Uh, in our prior podcast episodes, we have had a guest on the show and I've conducted an interview with the guest and we've had some just wonderful and interesting conversations. But we are going to change things up a little bit today. We're going to reflect on, on the previous episodes that we've done, talk a little bit more about why maybe we do what we do and and some of the techniques and ideas that I use when I'm carrying on these conversations. And in order to have that reflection, I wanted to bring someone who's been present at all of our podcast sessions, but hasn't been audible to you. And that's a, my producer, Katie Klein. Katie Klein, welcome to the microphone, and thanks for being my co-host yeah. on, the, on the podcast. Today.
0: Thanks, Jim. I'm excited. It's yeah. it's fun to be uh, on this side of the microphone with you.
1: Katie's really good. I mean, it, it, one of the things that you have to if you're going to do a podcast, and if you do, you should call the folks at Large Media. They're terrific, and Katie's wonderful to work with. Um, you have to be wide open to feedback, and and, and Katie's pretty fearless about calling time out and stopping some of the conversations mid-range and saying, I, I think you should spend more time on this or I ask that question in a different way. So there's a lot of really kind of lifetime feedback that that I get while I'm doing the, the show. You you You've been very assertive, and I appreciate that.
0: Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I think that's kind of my role as a producer and part of what I really like. And I think most people that come into the studio and are making a podcast or any kind of body of work, they want to sound good and being an interviewer is hard work. It's a hard job. You're doing it in real time. And you do a great job, Jim, of just being in the conversation with people. And, you know, I can tell that our guests feel like you're listening to them and you are listening and you're asking amazing, insightful questions. Thank you. Often what I think I'm listening and I want to hear next. And I think what listeners are wanting to know about too.
1: Yeah, so... One of the things that I think the podcast really rests on as a value is the quality of the questions that we ask. And, and the. I, I, I guess one thing people should know too is that I, I haven't, with, with one exception, I have not met the people that I interview before we bring them on the show. So they walk into the studio and, and five minutes later, we're on the microphone talking to each other. And... I guess I am just continue to be amazed at how much we can learn about somebody in the first 45 minutes that we spend with them.
0: Are there any guests or conversations or stories that have stuck with you? Well, I I
1: think the one that probably had the most emotional impact on me was uh, the gentleman who had PTSD from his service in Iraq. Because, boy, we're really talking about a real issue there. and you know here's here's a guy that had to be really transparent about some really difficult issues, and um I was very honored by that conversation. When we work with people, we need to know who they are, we need to know where they've come from, and we need to know that they've that they've had experiences like that i mean I, I think one of the interesting things about leadership is understanding how we can have a personal relationship with somebody without crossing boundaries and, and making that an uncomfortable conversation. But we do need to know who they are. And really all of our guests to some degree had to reveal something of themselves yeah. uh, that was fairly personal. And I like to think that one of the things that we do for other human beings in the workplace and otherwise is we give them uh, the space that they need to express who they are to us, and uh, there's a lot you can do with that information. There's a lot you can do to develop wonderful relationships with people if you if you know just a little bit below the surface level of of what's going on where they come from.
0: Are there any guests that we've had on the show where you have questions that you wish you could have asked, or yes. Okay, Tommy. <laughs> that was a quick yes. Well,
1: we we had a guest, Vicky, who um, had had a very negative experience and was kind of reeling from that. And i I remember asking her the degree to which a that she had contributed to that outcome, but also I think I would have liked to challenge her more. I, I hate to pick her out because this happens all the time, but. When we are in a, a situation, whatever it is, you know, we've just had a bad experience at work or we're having a great experience at work, whatever it is, we just have to look as honestly as we can at how we created the outcome. And we're not always entirely responsible for that. And I kind of wish I challenged her a little bit more on how she created the reality reality that she found herself in, as opposed to talking as much as we did about her boss and what her boss did and the situation that she was treated poorly in because I, I felt at times that there were probably some ways in which she either passively or actively made that situation more difficult for herself.
0: Any other conversations stick out or topics or things we have explored? or
1: Really, I'd say three or four of them all together were, were about people that were somehow kind of stuck or had been stuck and found their way out of being stuck. And so that's a that's a theme that I think is—it's caused me to think more and more about that.
0: I mean, who hasn't felt stuck at some point right, in their career? Right, Yeah,
1: And I think it's a, a real measure of, of our career to ask ourselves, what have we done when we felt stuck? Because when you get stuck, it's just so easy to become a victim and to, um, to whine and bitch and moan about your circumstances. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people live their lives. You know, I, I often say that leadership is the opposite of victimhood. It's the absolute opposite of victimhood. A victim is a person who says, I'm powerless. I can't change the circumstances I'm in. that. Nothing's my fault. Uh, a leader is, is exactly the opposite. I always have choices to do. To, even, if, even if it's only to behave or think in a certain way, I always have, I'm always in, in a state of choice about what I see. Path Forward is proud to offer the Path Forward Leadership Workshop, a 15-month program for leaders at any level of your organization. The workshop's a deep experiential dive into what it means to think and act as a leader. It's facilitated in small cohorts and focuses on creating changes in approach and behavior that not only develop the capabilities of individual leaders, but also crews immediate benefit to the company's cultural well-being and financial performance. The workshop follows our acclaimed leadership platform model, as outlined in our book, Land on Your Feet, Not on Your Face. This is an approach to leadership that requires accountability and focus. If you have an appetite for a powerful and transformative development experience, you can find more information about our workshop and arrange for an initial conversation with me through our website, pathforwardleadership.com.
0: What are the questions that you ask people? Like you cut to the chase so quickly in our one interview with individuals. And I know you do that outside of the studio, too. Are you asking the same questions?
1: So rather than specific questions, I'll get to specifics. But I think there's categories of questions that I believe that are really important to ask. One category is questions where the response has to be some sort of vision or, or picture of a better future. So I like to ask questions that are, in your ideal world, what would you see as being possible? Even if it's just one day into the future, or a week or a year into the future, tell me what you're afraid of, tell me what you're excited about, and try to give me some sense of what you want. The second category of questions that I would say is a good one is, For lack of a better term, I'm going to call it a dynamic view question. So here's an example of a dynamic view question: Somebody's struggling with an employee, Bob, and Bob's, you know, not performing, and I need to talk to him about uh, what he's doing wrong, and I need to correct him, and I need to coach him, and all this kind of stuff. So a dynamic view question of that situation would be: Take Bob out of the picture for a minute, and tell me what the ideal. Person would be in that job. So that moves the question beyond the limitations of the person in the job and moves towards a, a visionary sense of if I really had the right person, what would that look like? How great would that be? Right. And I found that to be an enormously useful question when somebody's struggling with an employee, an employee performance issue is if I Asked you to put ten thousand dollars of your own money and go down to Vegas and bet on this person becoming that ideal version of of the person you want. Would you be willing to bet ten thousand dollars of your own money? And ninety nine percent of the time, the answer is no. I wouldn't bet the ten thousand dollars. And so then the question is, why is that person still working for you? What, What you're doing is you're you're taking the job and you're downsizing it to the qualities of the person that are in it today, rather than holding a vision for the job that's much greater than that. So I like to ask questions that appeal to greatness, I guess I'll say. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And those can be, you know, really challenging questions, especially when it comes to building a team or building an organization, because as we grow our business, we form affiliations and friendships and, and relationships with the people we work with. and those relationships tend to become relationships of, of kind of convenience and toleration rather than relationships of real challenge. And so a dynamic view question is really one that just asks the person to think two or three levels above where they are and not to think in terms of incremental change, but to think in terms of more dynamic shifts.
0: Okay.
1: And the third category of questions so the first category is anything that's kind of future oriented. The second category is these dynamic view that that challenge people to think at a higher level about performance than they are. The third is you know is, is personal questions. One of, one of my favorite questions to ask people over the years has been, "Tell me about your favorite movie."
0: Oh, that and, seems really simple. I,
1: yeah, but it's amazing how much I've learned from people about people by asking them their favorite movie. I know uh, one person that I I got to know pretty well. He said Braveheart. If somebody's favorite movie is Braveheart, what can you potentially infer that that might mean about that person? As opposed to when Harry met Sally or, or, you know.
0: uh, Yeah, maybe the way they approach life of feeling like they're grasping hold of the reins and jumping in. Kind of of have a heroic
1: view of things. They're, They're probably big on loyalty.
0: Okay, They're probably yeah.
1: big on esprit de corps. They maybe want to be part of a, a team or an army of people. That, sure, you know. So the other thing I, I love to do is I love to watch people's body language when I'm talking to them mm-hmm. because you can see somebody who's you know just very immobile and 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 then you get them talking about you know their kid's soccer team or something and all of a sudden their arms start waving around, they lean forward, their heads bobbing, mm-hmm. and so all these personal questions. They're really good to ask just because human beings deserve to be known and deserve to be in relationship with one another. But it really just also helps from a business perspective. Like, how can I anticipate tasks or, or projects that I will give this person that will be exciting for them as opposed to giving them things that I know will, will, will be misery for them? And if you find out what they're excited about in their personal life, it's easily translatable to what their work, experience is likely to be and how you can help make that better for them right the other great question i like to ask is if money were not an issue and you didn't have to make a living what would you do when you get up in the morning if you didn't have to earn a paycheck what would you do and uh, the one that sticks out is the guy said i i love to hunt elk and he said i would probably love to take people on elk hunts i'd like to be a hunting guide Now, the reason I ask that question is because then I just flip that around and I say, okay, if you love that so much, is there a way that you can make your current job look more like being an elk hunting guy? If somebody would ask me that, I would say my ideal job would probably be the conductor of a
0: symphony orchestra. I think I knew that about you, yeah.
1: So, big classical music guy. And so, how do we break down what it means to be a symphony orchestra conductor and Mm -hmm. how can I incorporate that in the job that I do? Knowing that I can't be the conductor of a symphony orchestra, what can I do that, that at least feels like that in some respect? So these personal questions are designed to get at what fires people up.
0: What is it about that? What are the qualities from that dream job that you've taken into your well, I, job I, now? yeah,
1: I, I think that, you know, first of all, creativity, right? Creativity is is my great driver in life. If I'm not being creative, I'm not happy. And so making music is clearly just a very creative thing to do. I think the idea of being surrounded literally by yeah. um, talented people is another thing that makes an appeal there. And I think the other thing is that there's there's an audience out there that if you, if you do your job well, will go home and in a better place Mentally, spiritually, emotionally than they were when they walked in the concert hall. So I guess I I feel like there's elements of that in the work that I do is is when I when I have a really successful interaction with somebody about leadership, it goes home with them. And it is a very creative process. And of course, the whole idea of just listening, right? I mean, what what is an orchestra conductor uh, more than just a great listener? They have to really, really be powerfully good listeners so they understand uh, the sound that's being created and and then how to explain to people how to create a different sound uh, or a better sound than the one they had. So, um, yeah, I feel very much when I'm facilitating one of my leadership workshops, I feel very much that sense of of having uh, an orchestra of different instruments and sounds to work with and and trying to to get into the creative process with them. That's
0: such a great metaphor. And one thing you said, I don't remember what interview this was, and I'm probably not going to say it as eloquently as you did, but it was something to the effect of, like leadership, it's just creativity expressed in a true form or something like yeah, that, le- and that le- really. Yeah, I, I,
1: I actually, there's a gentleman named Warren Bennis. He's passed now, but he was a, one of my favorite writers, and he said leadership is a form of self-expression. And I, I think that that is fundamental to leadership, is that the people who you are leading or influencing know that there's something real behind what you're doing, that there's mm-hmm. something authentic, right, is the term that's often used, authentic leadership. You've got to bring yourself and your spirit to, to what you do. And this is part of why the relationship component of leadership is so important to me because I think a lot of how people come to know you and respect you and, and learn to want to follow you is to engage in a, in a warm and meaningful interpersonal relationship with you. I think it's just absolutely essential. Um, the fourth category of question is very much related to what we're just talking about, which is the root cause question. So the root cause question is, I know Bob screwed up this order for this customer. And so, yes, we need to go talk to Bob. We need to tell Bob he screwed up. But we also need to go back and figure out why did Bob screw up that order? Because it's probably not just because he's inefficient or ineffective or doesn't give a damn. There's probably some root cause there. There's some something that happened down the chain of command or 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 in the system or the process that either he wasn't trained properly or he was overstressed for some reason. Too many things on it. There's some root cause when people screw up. There's almost always a systemic reason yeah, for there's
0: it. Yeah, the circumstance was not setting Bob up for success exactly, in that Exactly, exactly. And,
1: and I, this is one of my arguments that I make, particularly around the culture that we live in in the United States, is you find as you move from east to west to, uh, in the world, from Asia to North America, that you get increasingly more personally oriented when it comes to performance. So you you, you find that when an American business person wants to solve a problem, their first impulse tends to be to look at a person or persons as the cause of that issue. If you ask an American to describe themselves, just walk up to an American and ask them, tell me about yourself. They'll tell you where they live, where they went to college, how many kids they have. They'll start giving you all this information about themselves. If you go up and ask the same question in Japan, they're going to tell you about their family, they're going to tell you about their employer, they're going to tell you about the city they grew up in, they're going to tell you a lot of things that are contextual things about them, whereas we in the West like to go right to the personality. And so we're big believers in kind of self-directed success in the United States, and I think that's good, but I think we carry it too far. And one of the ways we carry it too far— is every time there's a problem, we look for a person to to pin that on. And we need to mature a little bit in that and understand that all of us are a product of the culture and the system in which we operate. And that actually a lot less of our outcomes have to do with us than
0: we'd like to think they are. (laughs) So you you can apply that root cause question, because the example you gave us, Bob making a choice and it work, but you can apply it to your own sort of career and leadership experience
1: yeah and I think one of the really great questions to that any leader asks is, and i again, I've probably talked about this on the podcast more than once, but why do people act the way they do in my organization now that's maybe the most profound question you can ask as a leader because. It's easy to answer that as, well, Well, Katie, asked, Katie acts the way she acts because she's Katie and because of Katie's background and her experience and her personality, when in fact Katie acts the way she acts because of a lot of other reasons that have to do with what does she see and experience and hear when she walks into this building in the morning, right? And what what are the things that the organization tends to believe are true? And what are the norms of behavior that are rewarded? And then which are the, what are the types of behavior that are punished? And so we we find if we if we want to get our ego out of the way, we we have to acknowledge that a lot of the reasons we do the things we do every day have nothing to do with our own free will, but have everything to do with the the environment in which we find ourselves. And so that can be difficult for American business people because it takes a lot more patience and it takes more a lot more higher level thinking to really dive into root causes cultural causes, structural causes, things like that, rather than just try to fix a person.
0: Jim, I mean, that is difficult. Nothing that you're asking us to do is easy. This is the hard stuff. It's requiring digging deep and just like leaning into the messiness that is being human. You know, the
1: the show's about conversations, clearly. And um, I made the point that the most damaging conversations are the ones we don't have, and you know that's a tough concept because there are conversations courageous conversations that we enter into that that do blow up and that do create damage but I think if you again just weigh that against the conversations that we we never did have um, that we were afraid to have the the damage of those conversations that didn't happen is much greater than the damage that comes from conversations that that had a negative outcome. I reference my marriage a lot. I've been married for 46 years and I've always just described it as a 46-year-long conversation. And there were times when those conversations were very, very uncomfortable. But every time we had those uncomfortable conversations, we got to a better place. The other conversations we don't have are ones where we're we're really judging the person harshly or we're angry at somebody, but we're not willing to dive in and find out why and what happened and what the other person's perspective was. I mean, I have, I've had situations where I spent a lot of needless energy being angry at somebody, and then I had a conversation and, and all that anger went away just because I now I had some more information or I had another yeah. perspective about the other person's perspective. You know, So whatever that conversation is that you feel like you need to have, even if you're afraid of having it, have it. Trust yourself to do it in a, in a loving and compassionate and caring way. And don't, don't accuse. Don't beat the other person down in order to make yourself feel better. But just inquire. Just be curious. What's going on between us? Why isn't it working the way it could? How could our relationship be better than it is today?
0: Well, Jim, we're coming to the end of our conversation. So what's What's next?
1: Well, I'd, I'd love to have more of these conversations with more people. And whether it's as a guest on the show or whether just you want to engage me as a friend or as a, a mentor or as a coach, please reach out. There's been a lot of evidence that one of the most fundamental ways that we improve ourselves as, as leaders is to have meaningful mentor or coaching relationships. And uh, I'd be honored and pleased in, to provide that service for anybody who's listening The first conversation um, is free, so just give me an email or a call, and, and let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'd love to do it. I enjoy it, and I offer it with all my spirit. Well, thank you for listening to Path Forward, Real Conversations About Leadership. If you enjoyed this episode, really appreciate it if you let us know. You can rate and review the show on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Special thanks to all my guests for the level of vulnerability they took in sharing their stories. If you'd like to be a guest on Path Forward, please reach out via the contact form on my website, pathforwardleadership.com. That's also where you can learn more about our show and my leadership services. This episode is produced by Large Media. You can find them at larjmedia.com. As always, thank you for listening. I'm Jim Hessler, and this is Path Forward.